0: Let's podcast alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. We got plenty to get into today. We're going to start with the Carolina Hurricanes. We'll be joined by Trip Tracy, Valley Sports, in a few. But Joe, we, we got a Hey Joe question about this, which we'll also uh, get around to later this morning. Is that was that a Rod special last night against the New Jersey Devils? Were they dominated?
1: I, I mean. It's funny, Joe. I watched the game last night. Go to the game last night. Shout out to Mike Sondheim, Carolina Hurricanes, for credentialing the OG Live podcasting company. I appreciate him. We appreciate him, of course. The, here's the number one thing I thought about watching that game at PNC Arena. I'm going to tell you something about my two favorite players in the history of North Carolina basketball. All right. right? Number one was Ed Cota because uh-huh. I love point guards. He was a boss. I loved all of the alley oops that he threw to Vin- to everybody. OK, mm. loved Ed Cota. Second, my second favorite player is one of yours as well. And I'm not speaking out of turn here. Kobe White. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we loved Kobe White was yeah. a blur. He had the hair. He was a great story. He was almost always smiling. All I could think about last night was Kobe White and his one year at Carolina because he was so fast. He was the epitome of what Roy wanted. And all I could think mm-hmm. about watching the poor devils try to keep up with the Carolina Hurricanes was you can't run with Roy. And you and I both <laughs> like that state team in 19. But you remember, Kevin had uh, CJ Bryce. And I'm thinking, oh, man, they get up and down the floor. Markel Johnson when he was good. No. Markel Johnson. No. Do you remember the game in Chapel Hill? 113 to 96 so you're sitting here going as a state fan hey man they scored 96 points yeah buddy they gave up yeah, 130 no,
0: no cannot it's, it's, it's the other part
1: yeah and now maybe we have to say now that Roy's retired you can't run with Rod right you cannot run with
2: no Rod.
0: no you really can't you really can't and that's where we kind of start with the whole uh Rod special part by the way it also jotted down rest is good I know you and I talked about this last week Uh, when it came to wrapping things up with the Islanders and hoping that Devils and Rangers series goes the distance. I think it actually worked out perfectly for the Carolina Hurricanes that it went to six, and they ended up getting a nice weekend. And then, obviously, the Devils are emotionally drained coming off of Game 7. They're missing Timo Meyer uh, because of that nasty hit in Game 7 of the Rangers game. And then, that allows them to focus on the Devils' best player on the ice. Uh, And another aspect of the whole Rod special – it wasn't the exact replica of what we saw in that regular season game against Tampa a couple of months ago. But dude, that first period was, was a pure keep away. They had one shot, one shot. So you know, it's it's funny. I actually give a lot of credit to Freddie Anderson because for goalies, it's just as difficult to deal with sitting back there not doing a lot of work when suddenly you know the, you know the devils are going to get some opportunities. Once he actually had to get engaged, then he was actually pretty good which gets to the other part about Freddie over Ranta. And I'll say this, and and I heard Adam Gold talking about this as well, that they had Freddie Anderson for a reason. Right, They signed Freddie Anderson for this. We never really got to see it last year because everybody got hurt. And while the Hurricanes have been dealing with some injuries this postseason, they've managed to get through it because of the next man up mentality. It's a very resilient group. You got the workhorse that Jordan Stahl is and he had an incredible game last night. Anderson, if healthy, you're going to have to give him the opportunity to get things going, to get hit him in a rhythm. And the reason why I say that is because Ronta has always understood his role, right? I know there's the hot goalie theory, and why would you uh, not go back to Ranta given the way that he had played in the Islanders series? Well, two reasons. The first one is you have to preserve Ranta. And I I hate talking about his injuries, but they are a reality. And you have to wonder, okay, when's it going to happen to Antti Ranta? So if they can rest him, so to speak, if they can preserve him, and I think that's why he ended up, why Freddie Anderson ended up starting uh, game six, because Ranta was probably tired. Well, then give him that rest, which gets to the other aspect of Ranta, which I absolutely love. And we hear this from his teammates and we know this about him. He understands his role. He knows he's the backup. Rod Brunemore talked about that with us in previous conversations when we were talking about three goalies. They never have to worry about Ranta. If he has to be plugged in, he's more than happy to go back in there and do his job. So, look, I could not you could not have asked for a better start for the Carolina Hurricanes in their win over the Devils.
1: Yeah, and to me, Joe, when you think about it, at the deadline, a lot of people talking about, hey, and, and us included, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, the the Canes have to make a move. Look, look what uh, Tampa did. Look what New York did. Look what the Islanders did. Look what the Devils did with Timo Meyer. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of teams wanted Seth Jarvis, and I got to tell you. I think he Jordan Stahl is gonna be a legacy with me always. I I I love Jordan, I love the way that he plays, I love his leadership. I love how he's kind of quiet the way that he is, and he, he'll jab you a little bit. Um, but to me, the way that Jarvis has that swag, that confidence, and you cannot freaking teach that, you know, <laughs> and that's when you talk about coaching, right? And Rod. I'm I'm slightly disappointed in you ta- bringing up the goaltending this early in the conversation. I'll just I'll just say that it story.
3: was a story. Come on, now. It, it, was sto- it
0: was a story. It was a storyline going into the
1: game. No, 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 this this was the this was the e bug situation. That's how okay. well they played last night. Okay, uh, okay, they absolutely. This was a classic horses for courses. Again, you want to run with me. You want to pro- – like, all I could think about was was hanging out with Roy in the carrier dome yeah. after they just absolutely obliterated uh, Syracuse. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this guy knows the answers to the test. Are you kidding me? You're going to yeah. zone me? Get the hell out of here. You're going to run with me? Are, now, are you, are you saying this is your best play- – play- are you I
0: saying don't. this is a – is this a best players have to
1: be your best players analogy? Is that what we're getting at here? There, there's, there's a little bit of that because I thought – but I thought Jarvis understood the assignment. The, his goal was beautiful. The confidence, the speed, reminded me of Eric Cole charging down the ice. You know, really getting the crowd going as a young player, and that energizes the rest of the team as mm-hmm. well. The defense also picking up the slack. You and I have talked about how important it is without those forwards that the defense has been what's actually been picking up the goal production. Yeah. So to see Brett Pesci score the first goal, and then Brady Shea, who in the in the pregame skate was actually asked. Hey, like uh, Corey Laviolette was like, hey, uh, uh, is it odd that the defense hasn't really been scoring in the playoffs? And sure enough, uh, they popped two in last night, including the big one from Pesci early. I I thought the Canes announced their presence with authority last night, just to go through all of my cliches here. If you're about that life, be about that life. But in the first period last night, that was the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, but to your point about the Devils, you Mm -hmm. know what else they look like. And, you know, I have a chart for this. That looked like a Carolina hangover to me. That yeah. looked like NC State Lakeista McCullough just made yeah. 16 threes and then had to turn around and play Maryland. And after the after the rain after the Devils had an emotional series, yes. they're a young team, too, Joe. That's a lot to ask. It and is. Then, and then if you want to talk about the goaltending, it's Akira Schmidt. You know, I'm not saying he turned into a pumpkin because he played poorly in game six against the Rangers and then bounced back in game seven. But that was, you know. That was a Schmid show.
0: Not everything can be 2006. And I know you tweeted about this. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at this. It's like the inverse of the Canes in 06. You got to get past the big, bad devils constantly in those early 2000 series, right? And now the Canes are the ones who have been dominating things. and The devils are back into this. And I know you talked to Steve Politti, uh, our friend up in New Jersey. And it's been a while for the devils to have been back in the situation. So they're the upstart. They're the ones that are trying to knock down a team that has been really, really consistent in their division for the last five years, but not everything is not in young young. and and not everything is magical. You can't just put in the rookie goalie and things are going to turn out your way. Uh, And that's why I absolutely was go, let them fight. You know, the old meme, let them fight. That's what I wanted out of the Rangers and the devils. And it gets back to what we started talking about yesterday at the end of the show, Bracket luck, man. So now this canes group that is just as opportunistic and is just as resilient is gonna find a way to make this happen. Um I, I'm that not gonna go simple. like full I'm not gonna go full canes in three. This is too sure. good of a devil's team to not bounce back after that emotional letdown. But I can see this, I can see this thing going six. I got a stat for you because I had to look it up. Because right. when the Canes stay
1: on schedule, I feel like they're really hard to beat. And since they've moved to North Carolina, they've had 11 playoff series where they've won game one. Mm -hmm. Do you know how many times they've won the series out of those 11 when they win game one?
0: I do not, but you're going to tell me. I am going
1: to tell you, and then (laughs) I want you to guess at one of them because it was very notable, so I hope you know one of them. Okay. Uh, they, They were nine. They are nine and two when they win game one of a playoff series, nine and two. So they've won nine of 11 playoff series when they win game one. Now okay. give you a notable historical one where they
0: won game one and lost. I mean, was it, I mean, were they won game one and lost? Yeah,
1: I'll give you a hint. Ron oh, Francis was it, was it, was it Oh two?
0: Was it Oh two? Yeah. Game one of the yeah. O-2
1: Stanley cup finals, Ron yeah. Francis scores, beats yep. Hashik. Uh, I think it was Chris Seward he got a great picture Chuck, of that
0: the news of the Chuck, Chuck tour. Chuck Caton loses his mind on the broadcast it's living, living color and everything else. So, yes, and then the other one was last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Rangers they yeah. win game
1: one, protect their home ice. And but I'll tell you what, Joe, I, I, that last night reminded me of that Islanders series, uh, uh from uh, 19. Mm-hmm. That was a round two series, it was a young Islanders team, they get them here, and it was just kind of like you know, you know, round two has a different energy, right? Yes. And, and it'll never be more personified than it was in nineteen. They have this long layoff, and you remember everyone in the building in nineteen when the Capitals and a big battle of Vetchkin, and then he, you know, he, he cold cocks, uh, Svech and everyone. That, that place was electric. That's it, as yeah, loud as I've ever heard eyes. that building. Yeah. But then in the second round, it was like, oh wait, we there's more, <laughs> and then <laughs> then you know that game. That game, like the later games, you're like, "Well, no, wait a second. I gotta save my money because we got the conference finals, and then you got, then you got visions of sugar plums dancing in your head. Like, I- I'm gonna need two, three hundred bucks, four hundred bucks for the Stanley Cup tickets too. So, I-, I-, I felt a little bit of that energy last night. Oh, gee. Oh, gee.
3: Oh, gee. Oh, gee.
0: I, don't... What you... I guess that's what you get for rights free. Maybe I don't know. We're going to have to workshop. We're going to have to workshop this one. Uh, I, mean, I, uh, I mean, it's fine. It's it, it's fine. we we'll, um I'll I'll talk to Dimitri oh, about that. Geez. Oh, Wait a minute. It's on oh, loop. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I'm still learning StreamYard, by the way, uh, to do all these funky things. So as I said at the first show, bear with us. There's going to be some learning curves thrown our way. Uh, but the one thing we don't have to worry about, Joe, is Jonathan Rand delivering the goods. Rand is back. In the rap game, you want to play it?
1: I do. So let's let's remind people for context purposes. As yes we're talking in radio. Not everyone yes. follows everything that we do. Uh, Jonathan Rand was our producer for the first two years of our program, and, and Jonathan is musically inclined. And he was also in an acapella group mm-hmm. at NC State, the Sands of the Hourglass. No, 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 no.
0: It was the Grains of Time. Grains. grains of time. So is the, oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Trains yeah. of time. Of time. We did a bit, a running bit that we called acapella the news. Even though breaking, <laughs> it was not acapella. <sighs> he would these events and sing a song to them. Um, so I, I, I texted him after we had hatched our plan. Yeah, and I, I need a theme song. Mm-hmm the og and he said oh i'm on it i'm on it i didn't know what he was going to cook up you know if- it. here it is here it is
3: uh here we go again we know y'all be listening the og
1: back better than it's ever been blast from the past you know that our pace is fast and if you want to sub we got something for you to smash five stars with them positive vibes don't miss a beat week to week you just gotta subscribe even if your
4: team's got you hella mad don't worry we write our prescriptions on a yellow pad so <laughs> settle in y'all this is gonna be fun because when it comes to hot takes two is better than one from beard to the canes to the acc who knows more about
1: this than us, the OG?
0: <laughs> well done, Rand. Well done. That'll have to be incorporated into the podcast for sure. I told him that we'll
1: have uh, we'll go to the corner of Ran Road and New Ran Road. We'll get the Kirkland sweat hoodie out and the sweat suit out, and uh-huh. so we'll record that intro. So uh, we'll definitely have the OG life. Him. appreciate I, it ran my game tickets with his buddy matt great great to see it i
0: dig it i dig it all right so um last week when we last left you i, I was preparing to talk about the nfl draft so okay. better better late than never right joe better late than never to talk about the uh the carolina panthers and the nfl draft uh, they did the thing that everybody expected them to do the last few weeks, despite gambling lines shifting and everything else. They go with Bryce Young. Um, the rest of the draft for the Panthers, Joe, and shout out to Chandler Zavala from NC State, um, who I think he's like now a crusty veteran on that Panthers squad. Given the and honestly, there's there's a there's a separate conversation to be had about the draft and how the Panthers drafted older guys who some people will view as a project, but the Panthers were positioning it as the COVID year was adding all sorts of older dynamics for a bunch of different teams. And they feel that developmentally they can get out of whatever college program that might've not been utilizing the best. They can go back. I think DJ Johnson is pretty much in this boat. DJ Johnson is a bit of a project they picked up later. Um, I know folks were a little, um, a little thrown off by the fact that they moved up to get him, but that's either here nor there. That's a conversation for later in the summer as we get a better idea of what this roster is going to look like and it's going to shake out. But none of this matters, Joe, if Bryce Young isn't the right pick. I mean, it's as simple as that. You can like Mingo and what he might bring to the table as a little bit of a, a little bit of a reach, uh, but he's got the size, he's got the body, uh, to be a versatile wide receiver. But none of this matters if Bryce Young. Is not what they expect him to be—a franchise-changing quarterback. That's the question. I keep seeing the word "unique" used. He has a unique skill set. I've seen him described as a point guard. Uh, you know, a manager. Shout out to Mike K at the Charlotte Observer who jotted that down. But when you say unique, you have to also say why he is unique. And I know a lot of Panthers fans are sick and tired of hearing about it, but it's absolutely a storyline, man. It's his size. Did you see the picture of him and uh, Brent Burns? Not Brett Burns. Brian Burns did you see the picture of him and Brian Burns it's like it's like me with a toddler it's 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 eye-opening
1: I told you this at the combine and his pro day look on the sidelines going there's a kid in a backpack wait that's the guy now yeah those are just those are just uh, first looks right I think this if Bryce Young can stay on the field right I think he can be a franchise quarterback. I think he can be someone who this season leads them to a division title Mm -hmm. and into the playoffs if he stays healthy and on the field. Now, will he have a higher ceiling than that? Can he ultimately lead them to a Super Bowl title? I do not think he will be durable enough to do that. And I do think a lot of people are going to overreact when he plays really, really well this season. Yeah, There's, he's gonna. You got to remember, Nick Saban is not afraid to. I'm not going to use the word. I'll just say he is not. Choose your words here, even on 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 <laughs> no FCC rules. Nick Saban benched, okay, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts at halftime. Mm-hmm. Of the national championship. Okay? okay.
0: Okay. So Nick Saban does not trifle with his quarterbacks. No, he doesn't. Okay? And look at here's the thing. You say he benched him. It happened. Where's Jalen Hurts yeah. now? He's making exactly. 50 million a year, right? So anyway. My point though, <laughs>
1: have you ever heard a single crossword out of Nick Saban about Bryce Young? No. Right? Not a one. Nothing. Not a a single thing. So I think Bryce Young's intelligence is off the charts. That is going to help him. I think his accuracy is off the charts. That is going to help him. But, 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 the question is, is he going to be able to stay on the field? He got hurt last year in kind of a simple rollout. And we've seen that before. And you talk about the the size uh, question, the visual. Right, mm-hmm. remember um Cam Newton up in Buffalo confronting Calvin Benjamin, who is a haas. He's a big dude,
0: he's a big dude,
1: and he was lording over him. And Thomas Davis came over, and you were like, and 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 he's a linebacker, by the right, way. Right. Who's
0: like who's the linebacker again? Look you know, it was the, whole, like, the whole reason why Cam Newton was officiated the way that he was officiated is because he didn't know yeah, what to do. It's like LeBron, it's like LeBron rules or Shaq rules.
1: I think visually for Panthers fans. That Mm -hmm. is going to be a challenge. But I have no doubts about his ability to manage a team. I have no doubts about his ability to understand an offense and run it efficiently. And again, I'm telling you right now, once we start a little bit of a gambling podcast, Mm -hmm. some episodes, we'll just call them episodes. uh, I'm going to take a Panthers ticket to win the division. I'm going to take Mm -hmm. a Panthers ticket on their season total over because I believe that he is going to have success immediately i do wonder though if that will be his ceiling that is my concern
0: well uh we'll get back to the panthers discussion we'll hear from scott fitterer the general manager of the carolina panthers we talked to our friend josh graham over at wsjs and we'll also get to the moment that scott fitterer knew that bryce young was the guy gee
3: gee, oh Oh, oh
0: geez Now, we don't have a sponsored hotline yet. Maybe we'll get one. I mean, it's out there, it's open to anybody who wants to sponsor this thing. But uh, he just popped on the stream yard. He is Trip Tracy, Bally Sports, Carolina Hurricanes. Trip, thank you for being part of episode number two of Ovias and Julio.
4: Joe's, it's great to be with you. I'm just uh, bear with me because my dog Frank is trying to bite my tripod, and let's just hope it stays stable. Uh, Frank, can you try not to? I'm with the two Joes.
0: So, Trip, let's uh, let's just go ahead and, and get into it. Joe and I started the show talking about it like this. Um, I don't think you could have asked for a better setup. Uh, for the carolina hurricanes and this round of the playoffs you have an emotional letdown for the devils after a uh, tough seven game series the emotions of getting over a game seven it goes six for the canes it gives them the break over the weekend and they just put the clamps down one shot on goal it, it, i mean even you had to be impressed by the way things started
4: yeah i i, I really was um you know, I, I did, like Rod did, have a concern about the layoff, although mm-hmm. you, you'd always take it, especially with the physical toll of the Islanders series. But then I a couple things, you know, because I, I, I try to rely on experience in, in terms of what's happened in the last few years with the fact that Carolina won and won against the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals in double overtime and went into New York, uh, similar scenario, and won the first two, two games in New York. Um, although back then you could have argued the Islanders could have, or probably should have won at least one, maybe both games. And then I see Boston and Seattle after they win game sevens on the road, going and win game one of the next series. So it, it's easier said than done, but the hurricanes in the first period played completely to their identity as fast as New Jersey is. They were the quicker team, the hurricanes. I mean, I could think about some individual efforts that pop out to me. And then I thought uh, gentlemen, that, uh, when New Jersey started to build a game at three, one in the second period, you had a power play that was very good for Carolina, hit a couple of posts and I'm like, "Who?" <laughs> you know, and, and then Dougie Hamilton drew a high stick with 426 left to play in the second period. And I'm like, okay, if you can get to the second or mission, no worse than three, one, you're winning this game. You guys remember in January, I think it was and now that teamed up on a shorthanded goal that made it three, one, in the second period, New Jersey scored two late second period goals and one in the third period. So the start and that last five-minute segment of the second period were particularly important in a, in a very good Game 1 performance. We all know that New Jersey will be a much tougher opponent in Game 2.
1: Trip, it's funny. I went to the skate yesterday. My first time in a, in a minute now, and I didn't realize some of these new formats And Rod is very interesting in the sense that if you ask him a very hockey-specific question, he has a great answer. The things you cannot ask Rod are questions about Rod. So I'm going to ask you (laughs) a question about Rod. And that is, I look at Seth Jarvis last night, and that goal was spectacular. And to me, that's confidence. How does Rod, what did Rod do to get Seth going in that situation because i i just in my head i had it you know there there was there was there was a talk there or there was maybe a moment and and maybe with rod it's maybe even more subtle than that but i think that's really one of his just superior strengths
4: uh joe baby a lot to uh, outstanding question a lot to get to there first of all what i love the most is that his goal started with responsible play as a winger on a defenseman graves, the defenseman in his own end. So it's a three zone play that finishes with a highlight reel goal. Then Jarvis makes a goal saving play before the third Carolina goal in the second period. And then a big time defensive play before I set up Shea for the backbreaker. For me, he was the first star of the hockey game. Uh, when you look at that. So excellent guy to talk about with regards to Rod, First of all, he is a true players coach from the standpoint that it's always going to be positive reinforcement occasionally, very occasionally exception to the rule. If he ever has to challenge a player, whether it be in a one-on-one situation or in front of the team, he's always going to do it in a positive non-throw-you-under-the-bus way. I remember Brett Hedekin telling me, telling me the year that Rod captained the team in 2006 the Stanley Cup. You know, He he was a true leader in what he said at critical times, but in Brett Hedekin's view, he never threw a player under the bus. That is a talent um, that I think is very rare and exceptional. Uh, so that's what I think about with Rod. And the other guy I think you absolutely have to mention is Brett Burns in this conversation because – as elusive as the Stanley Cup has been, as likable of a teammate as he is, as mature of a veteran he is and in his investment in the game, but yet simultaneously he's Tom Hanks from big with his youthful energy. I wouldn't be surprised if Brent Burns has helped Seth at critical points too. But Rod has the ability when he's sending a strong message to do it in a positive way, and that is a, a very rare talent.
0: Trip Tracy is hanging out with us here on Obvious and Valley Bally Sports. Uh the Canes are up 1-0 in this uh, second round series. They started it's goalie goalie question time, Trip. Uh they started with Oh Freddie. man. I, look, Joe Joe gets on me about this stuff. It's fine. Oh, man. I, I told you Rod ended all of this. He gave away the game in the first round. He said, "Just, just give us a guy a, a to give chance. us a chance." Right. But, a chance. but but see, I'm I'm going to throw a curveball. I'm actually going to I'm going to I'm going to give a tip of the cap to Julio on this one with the way that the Canes were playing. And it was just one shot. I mean, I'm pretty sure I might've had a chance last night. Like <laughs> e like as Joe like, said, it's right? like E-bug situation out there. I mean, they, they played keep that was a dominant first period. We'll get to why Freddie, but it almost was like, it was almost immaterial in the first period.
4: Uh, first period. Yes. Second period after Bastion scored. And New Jersey was building the game I mentioned earlier. He probably made two, maybe three saves right after that uh, that goal was scored. And then I mentioned that very important final segment to the second period. Started with a kill where they didn't give up anything. It was a yeah. stellar kill. But then in the last two minutes, I'm going to say Freddie made two goal line penetration saves that were big time that would have changed the dynamic of the second intermission if Again, you don't get there any worse than 3-1. So those were very, very timely saves. Um, I go back to a conversation. I didn't get to see you guys, your faces like I do now, but before the last game in Florida, Mm
2: -hmm. and
4: the three of us had a talk about the goaltending, and Carolina had just won at home against Detroit in their last home game, game 81. And I really felt like, and said it on our television broadcast that night, that Ronta was the guy to start. Mm-hmm. because he had earned it, uh, he had been so particularly stellar at home, at some point you're going to go to Anderson. And the reason I really liked that chronology, and then Freddie wasn't healthy you know, it, through the course of the series until game six. The reason that I love the decision so much is I, I think I've shared this with you guys before. The year Washington won the cup, I'm sitting down having sushi uh, with, with a woman in Florida, and... Washington had dropped the first two games at home against Columbus. Barry Trotz had chosen the Caps head coach and chosen Philip Grubauer. And then they go to Hopey on the road down two nothing in the first round. They haven't won a game. Mm -hmm. And it's going overtime and I'm having, you know, some spicy tuna. And, you know, and I said to her, I said, I'm telling you, if, if Washington wins this game, they're winning the Stanley Cup." She goes, Uh you're nuts. I said, well, yeah, I am nuts, but I strongly feel this way. And they did, and Holby was a big part of it, and they, you know, won their only Stanley Cup in franchise history. The reason I loved that and felt so strongly about that is having played goal, not well, Mm -hmm. but when the guy who comes in seconds, people think it's pressure. It's actually less pressure Mm -hmm. because, you know, Rod would say that, you know, Freddie was never really a choice until game six because he wasn't healthy. No, I think there was a choice in game one. And... You know, Freddie coming in, he was brought in to be this guy. His ceiling is significantly higher than auntie's, and I think it's less pressure. It's really, you're not going to be the guy that's pointed to if things don't go well, but you have a chance to really be the hero if things do go well. So the way it's worked out, you've only won one game in the second round. Yeah. But I love the way, uh, you know, we always talk about sequencing in Carolina's game. I love the sequencing of how this has played out because it's exactly how I hoped it would
1: so far.
0: See, to I me, big, I, I big, go back. Big, I go back real quick, Joe. Uh, about the trip, what's that, Joe?
1: I got big second round vibes though. Last night trip, you know, we saw this with that Islander series in nineteen. Sometimes that second round can can get away from you. They beat the Devils in one of those series too in, in nine, where it goes. It can go pretty quick on you.
4: Oh, I, okay. So That's okay.
1: what last night felt like to me. Like, oh, oh,
4: on, okay. here come the cane. Joe, let me set the both. Joe's, let me set the
1: stage because I'm
4: on the bike jam, bike jamming, texting with you guys to Gordon Lightfoot. God rest his soul. All right, Gordon. And now I'm thinking about, okay, let's let's just go to the second round against New Jersey in 2006 because you find yourself there again. The Devils had won 12 straight to end the regular season and then swept the New York Rangers in the first round. They come into Raleigh, so they've won. Uh, they, they, they've, they've won 16 straight games. Carolina wins game one, 6-0. Thank you, Frank. And uh, game two, Brian, or Scotty Gomez scores a 2-1 go-ahead goal with 21 seconds left in game two. John Madden beats Rod so cleanly on the draw that I've asked Rod since, hey, did you lose that draw on purpose? He's like, no, I didn't. And it led to the puck being deep in the Carolina zone. First year of the trapezoid, Mm. if Brodeur had the ability to go out and play the puck, he goes out and plays it, game over. What it leads to, Whitney makes a great play, Williams eventually finds Eric Stahl right in front of the net, tie the game with a couple seconds left, Mickey Balleen scores in overtime. That was without question the swing of that series. You needed a short series to win the Stanley Cup when you had four, and... Carolina won decisively in five. I think if New Jersey wins that game, they had a 2-1 lead in the last minute of regulation, they might've won the series. So when I think about last night, 5-1 versus 6 nothing New Jersey just beat the Rangers, the Devils will be a lot better. Are we gonna see a pendulum swinging moment, Joe? Like you said, these things can swing. That's the challenge. That's the formidable challenge relying on the history in particular of these, these two teams and thinking about another second round between them in 2006.
0: Chip Tracy, Valley Sports, hanging out with us here. I'm Joe Ovias. That's Joe Gilio. So I, I was going to go back. One point I wanted to make about goaltending before we move on and, and look ahead to Game 2 on Friday night. See, to me, I think the story is, I, I get what you're saying about Freddie Anderson. That's mm-hmm. why they brought him here. He has the higher ceiling. To me, I feel like Auntie Ranta deserves some more flowers in that. And Rod said this. They know they can go to him. He's perfectly okay. He knows the role. Sometimes when you say know the role, people sometimes take it as some sort of insult. No, he's an ultimate team guy. He's liked on the team. And he knows that, look, fine, you want to go Freddie tonight? I'm here if you need me. I mean, is that not the epitome of Auntie Ranta right now? Both of them.
4: I mean, they, you, Joe, they genuinely uh, support each other. They both mm-hmm. want the net. You want more alpha from both of them. And that's, that's what grabbed me about Ranta in the first round. Mm-hmm. is he wanted the net. And in his body language, in the way that he dealt in particular, I know he, the, the critical first two games he won at home, yeah. which done with regularity when you think about Boston, when you think about the Rangers, when you think about the Islanders, getting in front of series. He's the central part of that in the, the last several. But then when there was chaos on the road, not only was did he have swagger, but he – frank he wanted the net and and so you know like, he, 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 you want a situation frank are you weighing in on the goaltending situation
0: oh, i th- i think he is so this is why this is why i keep the cats i got the doors behind me i keep the cats otherwise they'd be crawling over the cameras and everything else if,
1: if you're not watching yeah. on youtube and you're listening on the podcast right now triprosi <laughs> is dealing with his dog how old is your dog now
4: yeah good question he's a puppy at 11 months so he's full 11 of months and he's and he's you know he's named after frank sinatra he's a constant reminder my way wasn't working and uh (laughs) so he's a ball but you know it's hey auntie has every argument right now it's that simple and if things didn't go well last night i fully expect that that auntie ranta would be getting the starting game too now i'm rolling back with anderson but full confidence now With the way he played on the road, full confidence in playing Ronta, if need be, at home or on the road. By the way, New Year's Day this year, to extend a long winning streak, he beat New Jersey on the road January 1st. Mm -hmm. And then I want to pose to you guys, as we talk about goaltending, you got to Schmidt early last night. You chased him. Vanacek played very well against Carolina in the regular season. I think Lindy's starting Vanacek tomorrow night.
0: I'm with you on that. I think he already had a shaky game six, bounce back, but they they demoralized him last night. I think they have to go back to the old guy. I mean, that's my thought. I think I'm so. Gonna,
1: I'm going to just disagree that I, I right. thought Smith was the difference in round one, and he did bounce back, and I think that's why he pulled him when he did, to mm-hmm. give him a chance, because that's the move. I think you go back to him. Now, Chip, You've been you've been mostly right about this stuff, but I think the way that he has lifted them, we'll see. Or maybe 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 you see what happens, and if you have to go back to him in Game Three, back at the Rock, maybe you do that.
4: Good question. My gut tells me he goes to Vanacek when I factor in the season series, and he was good last night. But you make a very sound argument. This is, you know, I talked to Lindy yesterday in the morning about, you know, because he's been around for a long, long time, and what his experiences have taught him about making adjustments and going, combining your head and your gut, and and he and he said, hey, you know, one of the biggest parts of it is and he looked at the media and he said, you guys are all going to talk about it is the when you make a bad decision, one that doesn't work out. You can't lose any confidence in yourself. He's got a genuine decision for all of those factors that that you just mentioned. I know New Jersey went down to nothing in the first round on home ice against the Rangers and we know what happened. Thinking about that 2006 second round, I I I feel very confident, and it's going to be a very formidable challenge tomorrow night. That if Carolina wins tomorrow night, they're winning this
0: series. We'll uh, we'll get you out on this. Uh, Trip Tracy hanging out with us here. Uh, Jack Hughes was you can easily focus on him when you don't have Timo Meyer. So what is the status for Timo in in game two? Do we know? That's that's
4: the that's the very Webster's dictionary definition close to the vest. Got I. It. When I'm reading the tea leaves, Joe, Mm -hmm. day to day, I think that if I, again, pure intuition. Sure. I don't see, I see him potentially, I I would guess no for Timo Meyer. Okay. But I could be dead wrong. I'm going to go over to the rink this morning. I'll be curious to see if New Jersey practices. I'm guessing... Carolina will not practice and they'll have a morning skate. It's exactly what they did between games one and two in the first round. When you're on the road, you have a full day. If you're really doing nothing, I don't know. They're still coming off that playoff series. So New Jersey could go either way. I just reading. I know Lindy quite well after all these years, very close to the vest. I feel like no on Meyer, but I could be okay. dead run. That's pure gut. And, and Jack Hughes, you know, they they kept him in check really, other than the second period big time. That'll be a hard thing to do, and he'll be a tougher guy to deal with, the game changer that he is in the remainder of the series.
0: Trip, Tracy Valley Sports, once again, we appreciate your time as always. And Trip, uh, since we were actually talking, you can see me. Truly appreciate all your help over the years on the radio side of the things. And and I'm glad that we could do this visually now and and, and keep doing it.
4: Uh, I know you guys got to keep rolling with this new podcast and uh, congratulations on it. I wish you the best of luck and I have tremendous gratitude to you both, um, because of your support. But it's so much easier when you guys always ask really, really good, poignant, time relevant questions. Hey, I'm not blowing smoke, no, no, I right? appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I am. I am freezing my ass off at Carter Finley <laughs> the outdoor game cuz I didn't dress warm enough. So I went up a couple of times. It's my first time ever at Carter Finley.
0: And really? I in uh, all the- these years that was the first time of Carter. I did not know that. Yeah. So I go up. I don't even know where the
4: press box is. So I go up and I'm having a coffee trying to warm up and I was actually the only place I could hear you guys was in the bathroom yeah. up on front and you were interviewing Tom Dundon. Yeah. And <laughs> it was just a sensational interview. Uh, you know, from the two of you and Tom, very – it was all the questions that everybody wanted to have asked. Tom gave great answers. Always and, and you guys, you know, it was a terrific interview. You thawed me right out. Then I went down and I froze. I, I needed the heater in my car for 35 minutes after the game. But I, I just – I really appreciate the fact that you guys always ask what the questions are that uh, – that that I think all the people, you know, whether they're watching or listening, that they want to have post.
0: Trip, we appreciate it. I know you got another thing to do. And uh obviously you gotta take care of Frank as well. We'll talk yep. to you later, all right? Okay, boys. <laughs> That's trip Tracy uh hanging out with us here uh, on Ovias and Jillia. Oh gee.
2: Oh gee, oh, gee.
0: Oh, gee. Very thrown off by these, Joe. I like them. I like all like the weird little oh gee, oh gee, oh gee. I think those are. I think they're funny. You know,
1: we have a Rand rap now. We just need the Rand barbershop quartet. Like, we're transition. I don't know why I'm going falsetto.
0: Yeah, why are you doing that? It's time for a new topic. (laughs) Actually, we might need that. We we need that from. We we definitely need that from Graham. All right back to the nfl draft um did you know that dinner sealed the deal joe did you know that uh, sure sure it's got
1: nothing to do with how he played <laughs> at alabama nope or like i said that nick saban who would curse out nope. his own mother to win a football game never said a one single
0: cross word about the kid in two years
1: as his starter but nope. sure, no no
0: absolutely not it was all about dinner Over at ProFootballTalk.com, this was a Tuesday interview uh, with Mike Florio. He addressed the manner in which the team decided to take Young. I'm going to zoom in here so that people can see it on the YouTube. And this is my favorite part. Uh, Okay, here we go. Fitter was asked whether there was a moment for him where Bryce Young emerged as the right choice. Quote, the one thing that stands out is probably at dinner, the night before his pro day, we're sitting in a restaurant and we're talking to him. And this is the first time, you know, you've interviewed him at the combine in an 18 minute window interview, uh, interview window. We talked to him at other places, but this was the time you really got to see him in a social setting. And we're sitting around the table. We're just really getting to know the guy. And he's holding court. We had a couple hour dinner with him. And as you're sitting there at dinner, you're looking at this guy. And I'm thinking in my head the whole time, okay, is this the right guy for us? Is this the guy we want kind of being our face? Is he the one we want leading our team? And he was so impressed with his dinner and his command of the dinner table. (laughs) Quote, if you put this guy in a huddle, this is the guy that we're going to put in the huddle. And the game's on the line. And that was just the presence he felt while at dinner. That's a hell of a date, Joe. I mean, mm. you put the ring on it right there. Mm. I don't know if—I mean, did you come on? Did you ever just fall in love? Boom, right there, I, dinner like that.
1: I really hope it works out, <laughs> As, um, Scott Fritterer and the Panthers, because that is now going to be in the Mitch Trubisky, you know, <laughs> grandma's Toyota. I mean, that—that that makes a great leader. That makes a great selfless. <sighs> oh, you know, guys. You want to tell me he played great at Alabama? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, don't. Yeah. No, not
0: so, uh, so Fitterer's been doing the interview rounds. Uh, I think he talked to Gold uh, this week, and I know he talked to uh, Josh Graham over at WSJS. And uh, here's, a, here's a portion of what Fitterer told Josh uh, as, as it relates to getting Bryce Young, like the moment it happened and how the rest I'm of I'm watching
2: Frank and Josh talk to Bryce in the middle of the field. And it was just like a moment. It's like, wow, this is real. This is no longer, we're not scouting him. We're not at Alabama having dinner with him. You know, he's ours now. And it was kind of, it was a really good feeling because not only the quarterback, but the person and what this does for the fan base, you know, everybody's so excited about him. And he is the type of guy that we want in our locker room and, you know, being out front for us.
3: In the NFL, everyone remembers who goes number one in the draft. Bryce is now part of that history. He's, I think, the 10th to win a Heisman Trophy and then become the number one pick. When you look at the history of number one guys, there's usually one attribute that stands out from the rest. Looking at recent examples, Joe Burrow, his swagger, that quick pull trigger. Kyler Murray had that elite speed. Since it seems so many have focused since he was draft on the one thing he doesn't have, what's one trait that separates him from most of the quarterback prospects you've seen over the years?
2: his ability to slow the game down in his mind, see the fields and go through his progression. He's just, he has that poison in the pocket. It's rare. Um, and it makes sense for him. He makes it look easy back there. He never looks stressed. And that's, that's what the great ones do. And um, you know, yeah, he's, he's not a big guy, but he's got some really rare traits that you need to play that position. And he is special from the neck up.
3: Let me know though, when you're watching film, how, Does it become clear to you after watching hours of tape over the last two decades looking at guys that the game has slowed down? Is there something specific you can point to on Bryce's tape that that kind of wows you from a scouting perspective?
2: Yeah, when he's under pressure in the pocket, you know, in the SEC, there's a lot of big rushers, a lot of great players. And he's standing in the pocket. He never turns his shoulders. His eyes are downfield. He dips and he ducks. But you, if you watch his face mask and never drops, it's, he's always, you know, going right through the progression, looking downfield, and and that's what sets the great ones apart.
0: So that was Scott Fitterer, general manager of the Carolina Panthers, with Josh Graham over at WSJS. Uh, nothing about dinner in that uh, in that sequence, Joe. But maybe maybe one day we can talk to to Fitterer, and uh, we'll get we'll get an idea. You know. You're just we shaking all have your head, Joe. Just, you're just shaking your head.
1: Didn't King shame?
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, one last note about the uh, one last note about the draft. Are we going to learn any lessons from uh, Will Levis and his fall? About in terms stop, of the stop obsessing with stuff gambling or, lines. Or just like yeah, right. Just stop obsessing with gambling lines, man. Just stop with it. A lot of people got got with that. Yeah. Um, and also it it shows you too, that it just kind of crystallizes a point that I made for months. Smoke screens, man. Everybody has their moments and everybody tries to convince themselves because the draft content, yep. draft content has to be made. So you just you give a guy his time and you, and you sort of talk up why he's now that's not to say that as a second rounder, Will Levis might not pan out, but the chances of a second rounder panning out are very, very slim, even though we do have some examples like Jalen Hurts uh most recently, who was a second round pick.
1: I'll right. close the draft conversation with this. I like the Mingo pick big target. six yeah. two two twenty five, To great size played for Lane Kiffin. They've had a track record of getting athletes. I'm thinking specifically of DK Metcalf right now. I don't know if he's off the charts like that, um, but I thought that was well worth the second round pick. And, you know, you know, me, my big concern in that trade was give, how much they gave up. If they can hit, a little bit of a scratch here in the second round with mingo then that could really uh solidify their offense all
0: right let's get to some hey joe questions the unfortunately the twitter desktop app is down so okay. i had to i had to literally screen grab uh hey joe questions and we'll we'll just go we'll just go through there all hey, right uh doing? this is coming hang on, hang on. What, 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 i'll what, give what, you a little what? intro what? joe crack the dawn <laughs> okay cool uh all right this one comes from jeremy what's the over under on swear words per episode i'm pretty sure we have not done one yet today uh we have not we will we'll
1: we'll probably have to i'll probably have to be heated to get to the uh f word rubicon
0: as well but uh you know so far we got one i did hear from a listener who said we would he would appreciate it if we didn't go all in because he does listen to the show with the kids so We'll do our best. Uh, we'll let's put it this way: it'll be special occasions when we decide. Yeah, it'd probably be motivated, season. right? Plus, look, man, I've basically trained my brain for 22 yeah. years to wow. not curse in this setting. I mean, yeah. for heaven's sake, I'm finding myself resetting like we're coming back from a break, even though there are no breaks. Uh, but maybe there will be with ads later. All right, we got David after scoring a goal. Seth Jarvis said in intermission. He watched Entourage between rounds one and two. Is there anything more Seth Jarvis than that? I caught that because I watched the game at home last night. And no, I cannot think of anything more Seth Jarvis than in 2023, in the year of our Lord, he's watching Entourage. Again, my
1: favorite player on the Canes is Jordan Stahl. That that will not change. But my second is definitely Seth Jarvis.
0: (laughs) From Flair, YouTube channel monetized in 30 days or longer. I think it's going to take less than that. Um, a little housekeeping here uh we're approaching as of this recording 2000 subscribers on YouTube thank you for that thank you for that for everybody yeah, so who answered the call
1: you have to do something for 1000 you said right it was the cuban yeah one.
0: so i'm going to have that cuban biscuit and then shout out to Brian over at Nice Price Ooh. who secured another uh, the that 1993 panthers soda okay so that's when we get to 2000 so i'm backed up like i got to do the cuban biscuit and i'm going to drink this soda
1: Wait, we also have the old beer still.
0: Yes, we do have the old beers. Maybe we save that for three thousand. Okay, uh, but yes, we're we're going to continue doing dumb bits as we get to markers like this. So we're already down two Cuban okay. biscuit and the uh, and the ninety three Panthers soda, thirty year old soda. All right, from so so yes. Anyway, long story short, you have to get to a thousand subscribers and X amount of hours viewed to turn on monetization on Twitter on on uh, on YouTube.
1: Hey, Joe, how about this? When we go to the Raleigh Times today and meet with yeah. Jake Hatem, the challenge will be for me to order something other than the pork nachos. <laughs> good I, luck, with you, good, good luck, luck with that. I promise you. Good luck with that. We'll continue. Good like, luck with that. Now, we, Oh, and
0: also um, 20,000 subscribers for me not to get the nachos at Raleigh Times. <laughs> like, There's no chance to- with uh, with red circle as a platform there's monetization uh, availability. I know a lot of people have been asking about things like Patreon or subscriptions. We're look, and Joe's heard me say this a bunch of times. I'm just trying to get the content out there. I make the content. I don't know how to make money on the content. We're but working on that. We're working on that. Uh, but uh, red circle as a podcast platform has an opportunity for you to donate and I I I got, I will admit I got a little emotional yesterday. As uh, the donations were coming in and essentially a little housekeeping, I told you we'd be transparent on this podcast about where things are financially and everything else and what we're doing. So we've made enough money through donations alone uh, to pay for a year's worth of hosting on Red Circle and a year's worth of using the tier that I I have on StreamYard. And more importantly, I can go ahead and buy Adobe Creative uh, Suite. So very Excited about these things, so again, I can't do any of that stuff without that. So, I mean, I've already sunk the cost, I'm saying, but I've recouped the cost thanks to uh, the credit card's getting a workout, man. So, <laughs> so anyway, so appreciate everybody who has uh, has donated to, through uh, Red Circle. All right, from LK, what up, LK prolific top four for contributor? Uh, will Lebr- will, L- Brown- will Lauren Brownlow be on? Of course, Lauren, that Brownlow lady will be on. Uh, I actually talked to Lauren the other day if she'd be interested in doing something on Substack or whatever email platform we have, because that'll probably be in the future. And of course, she's on board with that. So yes, we will be talking to Brownlow in the near future. All right, from Steve.
2: Oh, whoa, whoa.
0: Oh, what? I mean,
1: I can't wait to work with Lauren again, because we, you know, you and I uh, both enjoy her work and yes. her fit and personality. Uh, quick shout out. You mentioned Adobe. Quick shout out to Laura. She's over at the Wolfpack Club yesterday on our initial launch there. And we should have called it episode zero. We, we, we screwed up with that. Um, she sent. we talked about 919 Vice. Being yes. Kind of a new version of your beer podcast that would include uh, Wayne and Adam, where you would have uh, not just beer, but liquor and mm-hmm. spirits and distilleries and dispensaries. And nine one nine vice, I said, "You man, you better come up with some sort of logo with the Miami Vice logo." Well, <laughs> you ask, dude, and ye shall receive. Laura and I sent you the logo, and I cannot wait. Unreal, for you to unveil that logo. She did such Unreal. an awesome job, but she did say you can use it. It's fine. I'm happy to happy. There's only one rule though: you cannot change your chicken scratch yellow pad logo for the pod itself. And I said, it's a deal.
0: No, yeah, we're not going to change that. There might be variations on the doodles, but yeah. yeah, we're we're sticking with that as an aesthetic. And yes, thank you so much for that 919 advice. And really, it's a lot of people who've stepped up and reached out about ways they can help. And uh, if I haven't responded to you yet, it's not because I'm ignoring, it's just that there's a lot to uh, to get through and I'm trying to get back to everybody. So from Steve, speaking of people who reached out, he's asking uh, who was the most unexpected person to reach out after the fact, after the last week? What about you, Joe?
1: Uh, you mean like famous person or, or unexpected. unexpected, unexpected, unexpected. I did not expect to hear from blank. Yeah. Um, I will say I did not take many phone calls on Wednesday, mm-hmm. uh, but our friend Bamani Jones was one of them. Yeah. And, uh, that was, uh, while he was getting us a little bit, uh, I did, it, I did appreciate him reaching out. So I don't know if it was unexpected, but it was very welcomed. Yeah. Uh, And that was about the only phone call other than my wife and my parents (laughs) that I took on Wednesday. So I appreciate both.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. I honestly, uh, I was not expecting to hear uh, from Jim Phillips, ACC commissioner. I was not expecting that. Yeah. We appreciated that. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to Jim at some point here in the summer, the plan is to go to ACC kickoff in July. Uh, from Mikey, on top of being the kid's personal driver, which I've definitely done this week, what's the top three little things you all did with the unexpected time off? Joe? Uh,
1: yeah, I I was, I actually had to take days off uh, earlier this spring to go see my kids participate in high school sports. So that was... That was awesome. Um, I believe it or not, I haven't played that much golf. Yeah, I know you don't believe that, but it was kind of crazy. Like the first two days, it rained, and I'm like,
0: "Really? Like really? I yeah." Don't... Yeah. Well, that's how it's been. The pattern is the pattern that has is... been it's been a weird pattern where it's like gorgeous during the week and it's crap during the weekend where it's gonna rain. We're gonna have another instance of that. You know what I did? That was unexpected. I took a nap. Oh, Joe. So. I don't nap. I don't nap. I know you don't I no, do not nap, nap but yesterday I actually took a nap. I'm all about that nap life. <laughs> all right. Uh from Nate, can we still play the mixtape? Well, Joe, you had an idea for the mixtape. I do have an idea for the mixtape.
1: I also have an idea for the tumbler. Okay. Or, or a different maybe prize. But I think people know us for the tumbler. So we have to keep doing the tumbler. Probably tub- something there. Yes. But I think given our restrictions for, for rights-free music. Yes. Uh, although did you see
0: there is like a subscription
1: for you can actually buy yeah. the rights yeah. to music.
0: Yeah. But it's music, not that, it's not prohibitive. Yeah. But music can be expensive. That's why I try to avoid it. But I, I know what you're saying.
1: No, I know, but there is something I, I, I'll i send you the the link that okay. um, Jessica okay. found for me. But I'll I'll, check it I'll, out. It's not that but it's like 30 bucks a month or something like that. Oh, okay. But there, I I think in the interim while we try to come up with some of those funds, mm-hmm. I think it would be hysterical to read the lyrics until the person can identify can identify the song. Holt. Yeah, I, and I like that, that idea. might require like a special guest appearance, like somebody with an amazing voice. Like maybe we can hit up Tori Holt. <laughs> to like read the lyrics to like uh to the window to the wall or you know in that
0: stride yeah. just oh no shout out to tony rigsby pa for the durham bulls get him to do it could be could it's be. funky like a batch of old collared greens yes that would be, uh, uh, be great. i think there's something there we may have to extend the I'd time <laughs> i mean hey i could sh- hey look david crabtree reached out to me crabber would absolutely oh. use his big tv announcer voice uh, that, that's
1: area. got potential. we we'll has got to potential we'll that up that. So we'll,
2: we'll from
0: we'll... Uh, from Samuel. Will both of you be able to get credentialed for Big Four school events, football, basketball? Yes, I realize that's a boring question, but if you're still able to maintain some sort of access, well, I mean, you were there last night for the Canes game. Um, you know, the schools that we work with are fully aware of what's going on, and obviously, if we build up enough of a following, which I think we've done a pretty good job of it. There's no, re- or I should say this, ten years ago. No, right. probably not. Ten years ago, no. But the media game has changed so much that I, and I'm I'm going to be absolutely blunt when I say this, I know who gets credentialed to sporting events. There's no reason why we can't get credentialed. You follow my drift?
1: Yeah, there's certain things that, like, you know, to be perfectly honest and share some insight from the Canes, like, you know, if, Tor- if the Canes win this round and Toronto yeah. is the opponent, well, yeah, the world travels with Toronto Yes, and they're, they're going, you know, that's where you're going to have that. They would give us a credential where we'd have to sit in the press room. It's Which happened fine. before at Duke. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. Um, but they would, they, the one thing Mike sometimes told me, I say, Hey, as long as you produce content, we'll give you a credential. Yeah, man. We'll be Perfect.
0: producing content. We'll be producing so content.
1: We can that. And then I will say, you know, the people who have reached out from North Carolina, the people who have reached out from NC state, Yeah, uh, yeah. They, they've all been uh it, it's been you know I appreciate all of their support then this gets back to what you said yesterday which was
0: when you reach out to us and say hey how can i help well here we come that's that's <laughs> how you help and again and you're right uh, people i've talked to from nc state duke and carolina uh will be more than helpful in the acc as well so i don't expect us not being able to kind of continue what we're doing and that's been the message we're just going to keep doing what we're doing just you know w- without that radio thing uh from Kinchen. What would you rather do? Nine hot dogs, nine beers, nine innings, or a Krispy, Krispy Kreme 10K, which would oh, be two God. dozen donuts. No, I've already done the Krispy Kreme challenge, which is a dozen donuts and a 5K. There's And I barely was able to do that under an hour. There's no way I'm doing a 10K and two dozen donuts. I would probably do nine beers because the the pandemic drinking got me up to weight on that. So I'd probably do nine beers on that one.
1: You know I cannot do nine beers.
0: No, I know you can't. So uh, I I can do nine hot dogs. Yeah, you can do nine hot dogs. Oh I think yeah, you I can do nine sure. hot dogs on the golf course, no less. That's your jam. All, all right, right, well we'll close this. We'll close that with a serious question from John. Was the first period in this game a Rod special? The other team doesn't record a shot in the defensive zone. Meanwhile, uh, when the Canes are on the other side, uh, on the other side of the ice, all they do is just uh, just go straight, get by a whole bunch of ch- and get a whole bunch of chances. I, I would say so. Yes.
1: It was really impressive. It's it's hard to beat the Canes at their own game. And going into this series, Rod had talked about how this will be different than what the Islanders were trying to do. And styles make fights and the results so far after game one are are impressive for the Canes.
0: All right, we'll close on this. Uh, My goal is to kind of keep these things anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour, and I'm very much on brand by blowing the clock again. We're already over an hour, but I wanted to do this because you know what day it is, Joe? Uh, It's your
1: favorite day. It's May the 4th.
0: May the 4th be with you. I'm wearing the Darth Vader shirt if you're watching on YouTube. I got my little Star Wars Kenner uh, figures, a little canteen. So I... Would like to play a game with you? Would you like to play a game, Joe? Yes. Okay, yeah. let's play a game. This is. Let me pull it up on the screen here. Very excited to play Star Wars character or Wells Fargo golfer. Now, i I feel like you might okay. nail this because you're pretty good. Because of your gambling tendencies, to know a bunch of random ass golfers. Okay, but we're, this is a true test. All right, are you are you ready? okay yeah star wars character or wells fargo golfer austin greaser
1: uh carolina golfer
0: ding 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 he is a unc guy got that one right okay next up garrick higgo south african golfer (laughs) (laughs) how how that is such a star wars name like, Garrick Higo is like a guy who had like a cameo in one of the movies, and then he shows up on Andor, and then my Twitter timeline blows up. Like, did you see where Garrick Higo was in the background?
1: You would love him. He's a lefty.
0: Okay, right. fair enough.
1: Okay, Jack Porkins. Uh, he's a, he's one of the pilots, I think.
0: Look so at think. you. Yes, Porkins unfortunately gets blown up. Seal uh, Bibble.
1: Somebody from the cantina.
0: No, actually, he was one of the advisors for Queen Amidala on Naboo.
1: Oh, yeah, Star Wars. Okay. All right, all right. And we have Seamus Power. Seamus. Uh, shout out to our friend Josh Goodson. No no man should have Seamus Power, Irish golfer. Oh, all right, okay. Man, you're really on this. You were on this. I'm a little disturbed.
0: How about Sepp Straka?
1: Sepp Straka, he's either Swiss or
0: Czech. but uh, <laughs> Went to Georgia, actually. <laughs> You're crushing these. You are absolutely crushing these. Wolf Jaloren. Well, there is a golfer called, uh, what is the
1: wolf's name? Matthew Wolf. Yeah. Uh, but no, there is no Wolf Jaloren on the PGA <laughs> Tour. So that is, uh, oh, um, hopefully you'll get to somebody who was like. Yeah, no, that's well, it. That's the
0: last one. I was going to say, hopefully,
1: there's somebody from
0: the the solo movie and my girl Khaleesi, but no, uh, no, 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 no. Wolfie mean. Wolf Lauren's the last one. He's a he's a higher up in the uh, in the empire, and everybody was really excited to see Wolfie Lauren in uh, the first season of Andor. And of all the names, of all those names, Wolfie Lauren is the most obscure golfer name that I thought I was going to be able to get over on you, but uh, your gambling prowess is just Impeccable that you know all these guys. It's, it's I thought I'd get you on Sep Straka, like that is such a Star Wars.
1: Thing. I've won a bet on Sep Straka. All right, well that answers that. Answers that that answers
0: ball. that. You'll you'll enjoy this terminology. He has good odds in three ball action. Never tell me the odds, Joe. And on that we wrap up episode two of Ovies and julio Shout out to everybody who's uh, given us five stars. Um Just overwhelming the support. We appreciate that. We're going to keep this thing going. We're going to get into a normal broadcast schedule next week, where we will go Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, because who the hell wants to work on a Friday? Plus, that's probably when the beer podcast will come out. But Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll see you all next week. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you.